Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good day, and welcome to Healing in the Afterlife. This is a show about coming to a place of peace and healing after loss. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my honor and privilege to be co-hosting the show with Benjamin Allen, my friend, a brilliant writer, a gifted speaker, and an amazing human being. Hello, my friend and my amazing human being person on the other end of this call. How are you today? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you? Happy I'm good. That's exactly what I wanted to say. That is exactly what I wanted to say, too, Um, because it is Thanksgiving, and we decided to go ahead and take the time this Thursday, that is our Thursday, to do this show. And I want to spend some time talking about Thanksgiving and appreciation for our loved ones who have uh, left us on this earth, um, also for... Uh, people who are feeling like the holidays are stressful and that they just, you know, really need a little boost right now, uh, a big boost sometimes. Um, there are people that have uh, military family that's deployed, you know, and they don't even know how they're doing over there, wherever they've gone. There are other people that are that are um, experiencing family members who are in the process of dying. And there's just any number of things that happen at this, you know, that we can talk about those things, but wrap it around thanksgiving and appreciation rather than sadness and and yeah. loss. So yeah. why don't you start us off? I just kind of threw you a little softball there, and, and you tell me yeah. um, where you'd like to go with that. Well, it's interesting that you, you mentioned about all of the, the people missing in our lives and that we miss for various reasons, so many reasons, and 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 what struck me when you were talking was that that all those things happen every day, but in, in seasonal times and, and times like Thanksgiving and Christmas and New, Year, New Year's or birthdays or whatever, they are magnified, and it's the magnification that carries such weight, and that magnification of of what's not there can often overshadow the beauty and and the gift of what is still there. And so it is a balancing act. It is a time for many people, a reflection, and when we get together with others and and have to live with this loss and oftentimes pretend that everything is okay and pretend we have this mentality that, oh, we've got to keep going, we've got to keep the energy high and happy, and I'm really sad and I really miss is how to balance those two. And in, in reality, that's what we do every day in the midst of the after loss. And, and the after loss is this whole state of being that has this kind of, of interchange and interwoven element to 
people that are going on with life as it once was and where we have no longer have that capacity. It's no longer as it was. It's the after loss. And, and so so it is a balancing act, but it is a magnification of today's like of days like today. Deeper reflection, deeper sense of loss, but there's also the capacity and the potential for deeper joy and appreciation and expansion of, and and connection to the ones that aren't with us at this point. I love that you said deeper reflection, deeper joy and expansion. Because a lot of people um, might think that your story in particular <clears throat> is um, overwhelming and, and, and so sad and just, you know, like the worst possible thing that could have ever happened to a person. And in some ways it is, but the joy that wraps around it is bigger than that. And what I mean is, uh, for anybody that is listening and, ha- and doesn't know that you lost your wife and your two sons to the same disease, the same illness, and that's that's horrible. But you learned to come through in your own way, in a beautiful way, that experience, and you honor your family that's that's no longer on this earth in a way that is so beautiful that this takes the sadness away. It, it helps the sad. It doesn't take it away. It, help, uh, it helps the sadness find a place in the totality of my experience. So I can hold my sadness and my missing them and my deep love for them that continues moment by moment in the context of the larger picture of that we are always together, that we have incredible memories, but we also, because of the way I approach grief, is that a part of me goes with them and a part of them stays with me. That part that stays with me, that is very much uh, their their essence, and a part of their essence is, is still expanding in me. And so I that that relationships or those excuse me those relationships did not end at, at death and and you know there's a there's another thing that that's going on uh, that might be helpful to some because you mentioned earlier about people that are in the midst of loss and in the midst of of, of losing someone or uh, you know that that is ill. What we had to do was when Brian was eight and a half months old when he died. But we had the Thanksgiving. We had the Christmas. He died in February. So we had the New Year, the only Thanksgiving, the only Christmas, the only New Year with him. But at the same time, his his older brother, Matthew, was just three years old at that time when we knew this was going to be our only time with Brian. And we knew that all three were terminal. And we knew that... Uh, and that's just we we encountered that every year for the thirteen years. In fact, uh, when Matt ultimately died, thirteen well, it was uh, uh, ten years later than than, than uh, Brian. You know, I, it was is this going to be our last Christmas? Is this going to be our last Thanksgiving? So there was a multiple set of emotions that we had to go through to have this 
this, create this joy and celebration for a three-year-old while we were in you know, tremendous anguish. So there is that whole sense of the magnification I know well. And I know that that we wanted to create beautiful memories for Matt and and for us, but at the same time we carried this tremendous weight of conscious loss. Conscious loss. That's that's um, that's something to unpack. Conscious loss. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it just came to me. I've never used that term before. I'm writing that that down, and I put some quotation marks around it, and I'm putting Benjamin Scott Allen said that. Um, Because I, 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 you know what? I think we need to unpack that. We don't have to unpack that today. You and I can talk about that and then have a show about that. But um, I want to read something that um, is a quotation from Mother Teresa that is kind of an interesting thing about how For me, this is kind of how I feel when people come to us or I go to them and then what happens um, because we have now met. And it says, be kind and merciful. Let no one ever come to you without coming away better and happier. And maybe that's not conscious loss. That's conscious love. And it's conscious living. Ah, conscious living. Conscious living encompasses both conscious loss and conscious joy and conscious love. Consciousness is the awareness of the finiteness of this moment and the infinite that that lies within it. Wow. So I think what's great about this when we're talking about Thanksgiving and appreciation, is what you were saying about making sure that Matt's Christmas was not a moment of sorrow and sadness. You know, when Brian was having only one more Christmas, one Christ, only one Christmas period. Um, I mean, it, it, was, it was such a conscious act of love on your part to make sure that your other little boy could have joy. At the same time, you know, this is it's a it's 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 a beautiful dance that you did, and I think that's what I love about um, having read your book, um, "Out of the Ashes: Healing in the Afterloss." It's called um, because the dancing that you did with your family members, each one in their own way, was so beautiful, and it was just all about Thanksgiving and appreciation and and appreciation for the legacy that they were leaving. Right, right, and it was, and you know, there there is sadness there. But what is the beauty of, I believe, our story is that we leaned into the sadness and found deep joy and and incredibly expansive love in the midst of the sadness. It's not about sadness. It's about everybody goes through sadness, especially those of us that are more aware and experienced loss, is that what do we do with it? Well, how do we relate to life in the midst of life and, and, and all that it entails, which is joy, sorrow, loss, uh, acceptance, all those, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's all, all of the above is what life is. And so, 
Yeah, I uh, I like what uh, Mother Teresa said is that that uh, bringing light and love and bringing making life, people's lives better, but that doesn't mean to sugarcoat and to to just ignore, you know, and just try to rise above it and don't don't accept, don't address the loss, don't address the sadness in life, but also in times of of, of seasonal you know, Thanksgiving and, and all of those things. It, it is about honoring both and in the appropriate times and manner. And so it's not about negating those sad feelings. It's about honoring them in a safe place and realizing that they are, it's not all that we're experiencing in those moments. There's more. And so when I lean into the sorrow, when I lean into the sadness, like I said, I come into the expanse of deep, deep gratitude and, and, and joy that these people were a part of my life and are a part of my life. And I also know that you do a ceremony, and maybe there's more than one time of year that you do it, but I think you do a ceremony on a specific day every year that honors each one, each one of your family members in such a beautiful way. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, there's the, um, it's the rose ceremony. And, and actually, at, at the beginning of the, of the journey of when they died, I, I did this on their birthdays and on their death days. And so it's been many years, so I have consolidated, but always on October 4th. I did it for all three, each, and I still do it on, on the anniversaries of their death. But October 4th was when Lydia received the transfusion at the birth of our first child with, with the HIV. And so, and then we had another child two and a half years later, and they, all three were infected. So October 4th was the most beautiful day of my life at the birth of my child. But it was also the day that took three lives, ultimately. So uh, on that day, I take uh, a different, I, I have three roses, different colors. And I have, but on in the rose ceremony, I'll take a rose and I'll go to the a body of water. The ocean is where I spread their ashes. But I, it, uh, it give me the lake. I live close to a lake now, and I've done it in rivers. I've done it everywhere. I take a, uh, a rose, and I take an individual petal, and I Think of a beautiful memory, something that I'm so grateful for. Just and it's amazing what shows up. You know, it's just you know ice cream at the ice cream parlor, or thank you for being just a part of my life, and thank you know all from from the big to the minute, and whatever shows up, and I kiss that individual petal, and I drop it into the water. And I go through the entire rose with beautiful memories and, and a deep sense of gratitude. And at the very end, uh, I'm left with the stem, and, and I kiss the thorns on the stem, and I drop it into the water. So thank you. And that is a very powerful ritual for me, uh, to have a time of honoring, a time of celebration, a time of reflection, a time of sorrow, a time of missing them, a time of tears, a time of laughter. It is a time. It is a time that, that, that I have with them 
in this very intimate moment. And then I look, and I, I sit there for a long time after all the roses or uh, the petals are in the water, and they drift here and there, and, and they go from here to there. And it, it's interesting because most of the times I know which petal had which memory. And I just watched them. And oh, my I goodness. And I just, and I just, and that time of reflection is such a beautiful, beautiful gift. And all, when, when it was closer to their death, the week before was so excruciating for me. And, and it still has its, its moments, and I can really feel a shift the week before in their anniversaries. But when the day comes, and when I'm in that ceremony, it is a letting go, and, and that that weightiness lifts for me in that ceremony. So it's a very, very helpful uh, experience. I, I think it's beautiful, and um, it's so personal, and it is probably uh, different each time. <laughs> um, yeah. And it probably is something that... My gosh, even if you were, God forbid, in a wheelchair, you're going to figure out how to do this, you know, someday. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to, because it completes you for the um, for that period of time that's either the, you know, the October 4th day or their, their uh, individual days. Yeah, it probably is um, is part of the fabric now of your being, you know, to do that as, as a uh, an honor to the legacy that they left you. It's It's very gentle, and it's very... It is part of the connection. It is a uh, it's an external manifestation of what happens internally for me every day. Yes, yeah, so these memories. When I, I, you know, my memories come all the time, and and because of how I approach and I've learned through what what the road ceremony gives me, I can kiss that memory and let it go into the larger contact. Of my life, you know, I could, it, whether it comes in sorrow of missing them or a memory and and, and uh, that warms me, you know, that uh, I, it, it is a kissing and a letting go into the expanse of life, and that is part of that reintegration I was talking about. You know, when when someone dies and part of me goes with them and part of them stays with me, this reintegration process is a lifelong process. I am still unfolding the majesty of, of an eight-and-a-half-month-old child that touched my life deeper than can ever be expressed. I am still living the majesty of an ice cream cone with my, with my seven-year-old son. I am still living the majesty of a woman that lived with such dignity and that I got to keep. I got to keep it because like that, to live life with dignity because of, of what she left me. Yes. And I will also say something that I appreciate about what I know about Lydia is that she wanted to make sure when she was going to be gone that Matthew still had words from her. And yeah. and you did the video, and she bought the special the special thing for him, and you know even when she was so weak she didn't think she could do it. So 
Okay. <laughs> now we've made this sad, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> we are we are okay with that because you know what? It was it was beautiful. And telling the story <clears throat> sometimes um you know, it, it is hard to tell the story sometimes, but when I lean into your story, it frees some of my um, tamped down feelings, for example, about my mother and my father. My father's been gone since 1988. He died at the age of 60, way, way too soon. As as you would wow. say, your, your family <laughs> died way too soon. Um, wow. My mother died 20 years later, and... Um, um, the way I'm finding my appreciation for my mother showing up now <laughs> is not through a rose ceremony, but <laughs> every now and then I will say something that is the way she would say it, and then I will say to Pete, to Pete, my husband, I will say, well, as my mother used to say, and then I will say it in her way she would say it. And, uh-huh. for example, if if I would rather say to him, you know, something ugly or whatever, I'll just say whatever she used to say. And it's funny because I'll say, well, that's what my mother used to say. And then I'll, you know, dump it. But like like the other day, it wasn't something ugly, but it was, she used to say, there's no problem on that. Well, that doesn't even make sense. There's no problem on that. Well, there's no problem on that. That's silly. But you know what? It was, it was the way she said it, and I like it. So now it's part of what I say. And, and I always preface it, though, with my mother used to say that because it was, <laughs> It's like an honoring in a in a in a kind of a my mother was very fun and funny, and my mother was also i'm sorry to say mentally ill <laughs> so we had to uh we had to take the good with the bad <laughs> so so um anyway i I miss her she's been gone six years and um yeah I wish she were here um even though uh gosh six years from the time she actually passed away um her health was terrible, and her mental um, state of mind for um, coping with her not being well and the fact that I didn't live where she did and all that stuff, she would have been miserable by now, even just awful. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like you say, letting go and, 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 um, and just letting the memories carry the day sometimes is really good. Yeah, and, you know, what you were describing, uh, just that phrase, that is a perfect example of the reintegration process of my relationship with someone who has died, is that, that she is still a part of you and is still expanding with you, within you, and with you. You know, I don't, and so I, I love that, and I love that phrase. I think it's, it's very cute, and I think that, you know, that, that uh, when I go experience things like that and, and memories are, uh, Saying something or feeling something, it's it's kissing the pedal and letting it go. It's a thank you. It, that that uh, you know, it, it's about it's more than remembrance. You know, it's more than I remember my family. I am still unfolding that relationship with my family. It's in a different way. I would love to have them here physically, but that's not possible. But I have them here in so many ways, and I have this growing relationship. It does not end at that. That's right. That is right. And, you know, I think about other people that are lost to me now in the physical sense. 
that even <laughs> even my first husband, who I was married to for 10 years, um, it was, uh, for the most part, probably not a good relationship. He was actually abusive, and some things happened that were pretty terrible. But I always thought that I would run into him and that we would repair whatever had happened in our marriage, you know, we would we would talk about it, and we, we would just let bygones be bygones, and um, it would be 20 years later, and I would be beautiful, and he would say, oh, I let her get away, and I had this whole <laughs> fantasy, right? <laughs> well, you know what? He died at the age of 50 um, about 17 years ago, and uh, he never made it to 50, and when I found that out, I was devastated, even though I didn't want him back, I didn't, you know... He was. Sometimes I considered him to be the scum of the earth, but it was uh, it was not a good thing when I found out that he had died of cancer, um, uh, a melanoma that they didn't find in time. And the point of all this is, I still appreciate what he and I were at some times in our marriage together, and that who I am today is definitely related to what I went through with him for 10 years. And that means there's a legacy even to bad marriages. You know, that you, you and there's a legacy to bad jobs that you that you lose you lose a job it becomes a bad job if you lose it. That's what I say. <laughs> I've lost a, I've lost a job or two. It's like, "Oh, that was a bad job." <laughs> but yeah. actually the one that I, the one that I'm actually thinking of right now was actually an amazing job making a ton of money and I was there for 3 weeks. I thought everything was cool, and I had bought some new cute clothes to wear, you know. And, I, I mean, I had spent a lot of money to get myself all decked out for this job. And yeah. the owner calls me into the office and says, today's your last day. And, I, I mean, I was like, I, I, all of a sudden, I was hearing Swahili. I swear to God, I, 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 I heard him. <laughs> like, excuse me, did you just say today is my best day? Because <laughs> what I heard you say is today is my best day. <laughs> like wow and he said i did not have the authority to hire you and i'm so sorry (laughs) i was like and did i just hear you say you did not have the authority to get me a raise (laughs) oh my god it was it was like seriously oh it was devastating so anyway i consider that my bad job but it was actually a a dream job but the point is (laughs) there's a legacy to all of that so what did i learn there right and you have to take away what did you learn in all of these situations right Oh, that's so true. You know that whole and and it is the the legacy for me is is everything that I have experienced to this moment creates this moment, and that 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 um, you know I'm, I have said this before is that what we touch touches us, and that is part of the culmination of who I am, all of it, and whether it's I. Interpret it as good or bad. It simply is, and it's the collective that has shaped who I am today. And and I am a part of the creation of that shape. But these are the ingredients that I use and that are on offer to shape the life I have. So when you you know circling back to this season and this time of reflection and that this magnification of everything and and the thanksgivings and the Christmases and the new years and the holidays of of other faiths is that 
that that is a time of reflection and and a time of who am I in the midst of all this. And so that's when we were talking about how does sadness turn to joy. It's For me, how does sadness turn to a deep sense of gratitude? And it's not what I go through. It's what I perceive what I go through. And that's really, you know, that's what, you know, we talk about the book and people say, well, it's sad. Well, yeah, there's sad circumstances in the book. But there is beauty and joy because of what, how we embrace what we had to go through, and it's just that's, and what, and that's every life. And so, your that that sense of honoring the people around us, the best thing we can do is honor life within us in this moment, and to get on with life, and to get on with with the expansion and the beauty of life. Knowing that the beauty of the people we have, even in the, the difficult, horrendous times, they are still shapeshifters of this moment, and it's okay. It is okay. And when you were talking about reflection, um, I was also reminded of inner light. I think we've talked about inner light before. And I, I, I just have another quote that I'd like to read, a quotation from Albert Schweitzer. And he said that sometimes our light goes out, but it is blown again into flame by an encounter with another human being. Each of us owes the deepest thanks to those who have rekindled this inner light. And you, my friend, I do too, and you, my friend, rekindle my inner light on a regular basis. I find myself um, in conversations with others sometimes, just like I said that about the cute thing that my mother said, and I say, you know, well, as my mother says, I don't say as Benjamin Scott Allen says, but I have it in my heart and in my head when I'm talking to someone in pain or in um, distress about something that they're uh, either losing or have lost, I actually hear our conversations on these radio shows and the other times that you and I have talked privately, and I find myself being able to reflect back that inner light and rekindle for someone else because you and I have rekindled for each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we've, we've talked about this in the past on the show and other times is that, you know, the in the world of the after loss, our footprints, we have an individual solitary path that has many footprints and that there are so many in that connection that have gone through loss that can touch us in deep, deep ways. And and I found, have found for me that when I need it most, spirit shows up in another. And that um, and also what, you know, that Albert Spicer quote, you know, when you're talking about being touched by another, uh, my first thought was you were touched. When you say that, Phrase about your mother said, you know, said that uh, that you're being touched by your mother right there too, and yes. so that's what I'm talking about. Relationships continue, they, and, and and what we seek we find, and is something that's very important to me. So if I open my eyes and my heart to a life that is beyond the sorrow, beyond the finite, then I get to see the infinite, and I get to see the continuation of relationships, and I get to see all of my emotions, all of my 
pain, all of my joy. Absolutely. And it is it is part of life. And and you know there are people who go for a very long period of time in their lives and and it seems like nothing bad is going to happen. You know, they just they've I I've, I've got a couple of friends, one in particular I'm thinking of that gosh, she got to be 35 or 40 years old and nothing bad had ever happened to her, which is great. But yeah. <laughs> when when it did and and she found out that her husband was having an affair and um it just it just ruined everything needless to say but it also um was harder for her i think because everything had been so perfect and yeah. i don't know where i was going with this idea except oh i guess i was just thinking you know it's all part of for most of us the ups and downs and the good and bad are all together you know and we have we have to celebrate the whole thing because that's the way it is yeah. now when yeah, she had her yeah. bad part, I it was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? I had an experience like that when you know uh, Brian had already died, and and uh, Matthew was in the midst of his deterioration, and Lydia was in the midst of her deterioration, and I think even close to death. And and that uh, and, and you know Lydia, we knew was going to die before Matt, and and all that. And the sky came up to me that I knew kind of casually, and he says, you scare the hell out of me. And I said, and I said I, I'm amazed at what you can go through, but you're, you're terrified me because I have never lost anyone in my life. My parents are still alive, and he was an older gentleman, and they were older, and, you know, my children are alive, my, my brothers and sisters, and every, all my friends. I have never experienced what you've gone through. And 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 I don't look at life or experiences or good or bad. I see them as challenges and deeper challenges. And he had never been challenged by that yet, and that terrified him. And that was part of his anxiety. And my thought was, I said, I, I, what I said to him is, sooner or later you will go through loss, but when you get there, it's going to be okay. You will be able to make it through. And says so you don't have to deal with that right now, and to celebrate and to enjoy what you have. But don't worry, because it will be okay. You know, you will you will have the resources and the capacity to move through any challenge. And that's very deep within my belief system. That whatever challenge that I have, embedded in every challenge is a solution. And embedded in every challenge is a way through that. I was just listening to a song. Interestingly, I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking about this just yesterday. I was listening to a song, and it, and, and there's a there's a, a, a line in there that keep us from the storm. And what I, what I as I was with you, I said, you know, that doesn't work for me. It's keep me through the storm. And the the storms are a part of life, you know, and, and like and seasonal stuff that we're going through right now, this is a magnification of what's always there. But there are storms in life, and I don't want, I, it's impossible to be kept from a storm, but it is always possible to be kept through a storm. Exactly. And what you told that gentleman about sooner or later he's going to go through loss and that it will be okay, goes back to that 
path with many footprints. And that that True. journey, it, you know, that that the fact that you have put your journey on paper in such a beautiful way for others to be able to see that not only were you going through the storm, when the storm was past, you know, the, the parts of it were past, you came out and the sun was still shining. And you you shine. You know, you have you have that inner beauty and, and the inner light and it's very bright and you're helping other people and and it was really nice of you, I'm going to say, to write the story because I know it was, um, you did that not just for um, for your family but to help others. Absolutely. I, I did not write the, the account of uh, what we encountered and what it took for me and what I experienced after they had all died. You know, the first part of the book, as you well know, is, is about that journey that, that Lydia, Brian, Matt, and I had. And the second part of the book is what I was left with and what I found when I was left with so with nothing. I found something very special. And so it, it is a book of hope. It is a book of And I wrote that in that context. I did not write it for many, many years after they had died and because I wanted just to experience what does grief do? What is it doing to me? And I, a deep sense of observation and experience. And then when I found myself in a place where the healing had become more expansive, it was then I wrote the book. And it, was, it wasn't to heal. It was to help others say, this is what I went through. This, and this is not a unique path. There may be some unique circumstances in it that other people are not experiencing. But it's a universal dynamic of when loss happens. This is the way I interpret and, and can share with you. But you know, people say they got in touch with their own loss. And that's what that's what it's about. And not only in touch with their own loss, but knowing that these are the elements that even they can get through it. That's exactly right. And as we talked about it, oh gosh, it's been months and months and months ago that we started talking about this, um, your book and and your philosophy and all of that. Um, I I just find myself more. Um, complete on some of the things that I could not address in my own life. I feel um, fuller and able to actually go ahead and have a conversation, for example, about my mother and know that I may get choked up but that I will not cry uh, uncontrollably. I will be able to, you know, just, you know, go ahead and have a conversation and not lose it. And... um, you know, this takes uh, it takes awareness of ourselves and and being with others and being willing to share and be vulnerable and and know that it is a universal path and that however we're doing it is the right way we're doing it. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. It, it's like even if you cried uncontrollably, you know, and, we, and you cried this entire show, it would be perfect because that's what you would need to do. And that's the thing is around. Moving in the, in the world of the after laws, it is a universal landscape that is individually uh, experienced. 
And so in whatever someone needs to do, and like especially right now when we're talking about like Thanksgiving and since today is Thanksgiving, I just I hope if anyone's listening or they're getting prepared for you know future holidays that are coming up, is to find safe places to find a way to find in those safe places to express what is lost and to find a, a way to hopefully come to a place of also experiencing the joy and gratitude of of what's been given and, and what is still a part of you know, their lives. And I needed to find safe places, but then I had to go out into the family situations, into the dynamics, into the celebrations. And 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 to part of me had to hide and to, to do that celebration. And I had to I just had to find, you know, and in and, and times of really deep grief, the image that used to come up for me is that it was a submarine that had been hit and as water was coming in. And what they do is they, they cut off compartments where the water is flowing in so they can stay afloat. You know, and I, I sometimes I just had to do that to ride it out. And it was so painful, but I didn't want to create for others what I was going through. This is an individual path, and I also wanted to be safe. And I didn't want, and so it is a difficult, difficult dynamic, you know. And uh, I give you, I give you an illustration of, of one of the of that kind of experience was, you know, Brian's birthday. I can't believe this, but Brian's birthday, uh, his first birthday, the birthday he did not make, was on Mother's Day, and Lydia was just, I mean, it was so painful to watch her go through that. But what we did, Lydia, Matt, and I, and like I said, Matt was around three, we went and we, we planted a tree in the front yard for Brian for his birthday. And living in that, that whole experience of celebrating but yet being in sorrow was so incredibly magnified and knowing that, the, the ultimate outcome would be her death and his death. So it wasn't just past grief. It was preparatory grief. It was you know working on celebrating Matt, wanting Matt to know that Brian would never be forgotten and that his life was so much. So there were so many dynamics going on. So we were playing this tree. And at the end, uh, uh, we sang happy birthday. And at the very end of the song, Matt said, and many more. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and then he realized what he said, and he looked at us, and we just laughed, and we gave him a big hug, and said, "Yeah, and many more." And uh, you know that's that's part of the journey is all those dynamics, all those feelings. You know, it, you you can't isolate grief, but you can step away into a safe place to honor and to assimilate it in a, in a healthy, nurturing way with the world around us. And and it's a, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. And it's, But what I have found with grief and living and moving on in life, it's not an either or, it's a both and. It's not I, I have to let go of the grief to live life. I can embrace my sorrow, I can embrace my my missing them, and I can still live in celebration 
for many reasons. One, because they are still a part of me and still alive in my life, but also because life itself draws me into the expanse. I love this. And I also love what you said a moment ago about the majesty of the memories. And I'm I'm thinking just a nice way to end this, this segment is to just wish that everyone could live the majesty of the memories of their loved ones and yes. what everyone has gone through in their lives and the past that they are on and so forth. But isn't that nice, the majesty of the memories? I love that. Yeah, that that is a nice. Who said that? But it, yeah, you the, did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you said. <laughs> it's a good thing this is being recorded because you don't know how good you are sometimes. It's like, really? <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> All right, well. Really? Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it is, it is majestic. Life is majestic. It is. It is. And this has been the fastest 45 minutes. Um, it's so funny because sometimes we get started and I'm, you know, we're about halfway through and I go, oh my goodness, are we going to be able to get to 45 minutes? And then the next thing you know, it's 45 minutes is gone. It's like, oh, we're not done. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, let people um, know how they can get hold of you and how they can get your wonderful book, and then we will sign off and hope everyone has uh, great uh, great holidays and that they live the majesty of the memories and make new ones. Yes, that's a beautiful word. But the, uh, the way to get in touch with me is there's a, a website, theafterloss.com. And you can buy the book on that website. Also, it's available on Amazon. The um, Also, uh, there's a Facebook page called Grief and Healing in the After Loss that uh, people can join and participate in. And that is on Facebook. That's right. And um, it's been and wonderful as always. And the name of the book is Out of the Ashes. Healing in the Afterloss, I forgot about that. Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss, of course. All right, well, it has been wonderful. Um, Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. And um, we will talk some more in the coming week or two and um, have another episode uh, a couple Thursdays from now. So thank you again. Bye-bye, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.